Welcome to the... <laughs> no, 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 I can't do that. Let's try another one. Uh, how about this? <laughs> no, no, that won't work either. Let's try this. get on board with that. Let's roll with it. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. On this episode, I am so lucky to get a chance to catch up with Titania Jordan, Chief People Officer of BART. We talk a bit about her journey, what inspires her, parenting in a digital world, which she recently published her first book about, and where she sees herself going in the future. And hey, while I've got you, definitely consider hitting subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. I have a lot of great guests lined up that, trust me, you won't want to miss. Okay, let's get into it. All right. I'm pretty excited about this. This is a, a old friend we haven't caught up in a while. And hey, let's do it on a podcast. Titania, how you doing? Yay. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so I always start and uh, I really am curious how you're going to answer this because you're involved in lots of things. Yes. So tell everybody who you are and what you do. Aha. Okay. So I am Titania Jordan. I am the chief parent officer and CMO of a tech company called Bark Technologies that's based right in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm also a mom to an 11-year-old who is going on 25. Uh, I'm also an artist. So I, I you know, make jewelry and paint and do all kinds of fun things on the weekends. Um, so yeah, really just trying to ink out every little bit of life that I can for as long as I'm here. <laughs> I love that. No, it's uh, it's apparent <laughs> watching you in social and seeing all the things you're involved in. Um, all right, so I I actually looked it up. I I remember meeting um, Brian Bark yes. CEO in 2016 in uh, wow. TechStars. Yes, yeah. yeah. Man, what an amazing so journey you guys have been on. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. I joined Bark Technologies as employee number eight, and now we have over 75. Wow amazing. And, you know, I, I know you enough to know that the ability to, um, be a part of something that's actually positively contributing, uh, in a pretty major way, I think to the world, that's gotta be super fulfilling. Yeah. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I, I always want to be, uh, doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. And I can't think of anything better. Um, you know, our mission to, to keep kids safer online um, and in real life because of those efforts and empower parents, educate parents. It's just so up my wheelhouse and so needed right now. Um, I, anybody who's listening, you don't even have to be a parent or caregiver. You know, like kids are in front of smartphones. Yep. <laughs> for like Especially eight hours a day. 
now, especially, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're learning virtually and if you're not, you certainly, you know, aren't going to football and baseball practice You're gaming instead. And, uh, you know, you don't get to hang out at the mall or movies with friends. You can go on TikTok though. And it's mm-hmm. the whole new world. So it's crazy. And chief parent officer. Mm. Was that was that your idea, that title? No, that was Brian's idea. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like something you might have come up with. Well, I yeah, totally. Uh, if he didn't, I probably would have, but yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. And now you're an author in the middle of everything. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> You didn't add that, by the way, to your I, who are you? I, I was I, waiting for that. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. nobody cares come on no but um yes so uh in the midst of a pandemic um i had the uh honor of co-authoring a book called parenting in a tech world with the amazing matt mckee and it really is the manual that i wish i had when my son was like three mm-hmm. <laughs> so it didn't exist and so we wrote one um, but yeah, it's, it's critical. And how was the process of writing? This is your first book. I, I imagine this I is my heard. first book. Um, I don't know how you, you do it. Uh, it's wow. I mean, talk about perfection paralysis, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I've been, yeah. you know, sitting on this idea for a very long time, actually. And the biggest hesitation I had about writing a book about parenting in the tech world was that by the time I wrote the book and published the book, everything would be different. And then there'd be this outdated information out there. But really cool, thanks to the tech that we used, we can update the book in real time. And the next batch that ships out has the most updated information. That was a game changer for me. Um, So we went ahead and did it. And yeah, I mean, if you ask me to speak to a a group of three people or a crowd of three million people, I I feel very confident about my ability to do that. But you want me to write down my thoughts eloquently and cohesively and impactfully? Oh man, Uh, that's why it took me a while because I just, I so much writer's block. I actually ended up um, using a service called rev.com to transcribe some of the speeches and interviews I would give. Uh, because that helped to put my vocal words into written words. And that that was a game changer. I love that. That's a very cool idea. I hadn't heard of that. Yeah. Um, I, I know people have used ghostwriters and done that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, mm-hmm. pretty, that's pretty good. So you got another book in you? Or or was that like, all right, I'm 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 done? Oh, my gosh, Jeff. I'm, that's so crazy that you asked, because I want to tell you a story. Okay. So literally, one week and one day ago, the short answer is yes. I have another book in me. <laughs> but, um, I that's where it was going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one week and one day ago, I was at Whole Foods Brookhaven with my dad. And um, he had a friend come and meet us. I'd never met the man before. His name is Robert. Robert, if you're listening to this, you've just totally blown my mind. Um, Robert uh, is a Christian and was sharing some really cool stories. And honestly, some of them seemed a little bit like too good to be true. I was like, mm, did that really happen? Like, okay, we'll see, you know, maybe, but I don't know. Um, and then Robert, not knowing me, not ever having meeting me, not knowing much about me, looked at me and said, God told me he wanted you to write that book. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, yeah, you've been, you've been sitting on a book for about two years. And God told me he wanted you need to write that book. You need to write that book. It's going to make an impact. Uh, you need to write that book. 
uh, and it it was so jarring and so incredible um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, one is he specifically referenced, like, I know you've been sitting on that for about two years, and I have. I actually went back uh, that day and looked in my Google Drafts. Last edit was 2018. Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have been sitting on a book. So now I now I have to, right? Like, I have yeah, to no book. kidding. He he also said a couple other things that um just solidified that this was not just some dude talking crazy. Like he meant he talked to me about some things about my son that that he's been going through right now and just about me. Uh, you know, he's like, I know you wake up in the middle of the night and nothing's wrong, but uh that's the time you need to just get down on your knees and start praying. And ever since this pandemic started in March, I used to sleep through the night, no problem. I'm waking up every night, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Nothing's wrong. I'm just up. So now I'm praying and or writing and and we'll see. So, yes, I'm writing a book. And it's, uh-huh. now I have some extra pressure. <laughs> you, you sure do now. <laughs> That's an incredible story. Oh, my gosh. And um, is this uh, this is the book that you um, like, you don't have to give too much away, but is it is it about you more as a person? Is, is it okay? Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm struggling with right now is what all to put in it. You know, I mean, there's as you know, we've talked about there's multiple facets to my life. There's um, you know, dealing with anxiety and depression as a kid, my parents' divorce, uh, childhood sexual abuse. There's my faith. Um, there is, you know, uh, eating disorder situations in high school brought on by crazy pressures. There's lots of bad choices made in college. There's my faith journey and sometimes lack thereof. Um, there is, you know, my career, my amazing career, uh, in the world of traditional media and then into digital media. And then, you know, as a C-level executive in tech, um, in Atlanta, uh, not to mention the crazy, uh, crazy things that have happened to me just, you know, being on the Today Show and Steve Harvey and hosting my own television show on the NBC affiliate here in Atlanta. Um, and I don't say all of that uh, to brag. It's more of a like, I can't even believe that that has been my life and I'm still here. Um, and I have struggled so much with imposter syndrome and feeling like I'm not good enough and the why me and why am I here? And I don't know. I, I hope that my story and the revelations that I've had <laughs> and the money that I've spent on therapy <laughs> <laughs> can somehow be put into written form and shared with all of you and hopefully it'll help you. Um, so, yeah. And and will you be able to draw on as many speeches or is this going to yes. have to be mostly writing? You will. Okay. I will, thankfully. Yeah. But I, I'm probably going to need a ghostwriter, honestly, because... Um, I'm all over the place and, mm-hmm. and I don't want the book to be all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that you, you, you find the time. I know you're, you're busy and amongst all the things, you know, you're, you're a mom. Um, yeah. and, and that's, that's an important part of your life, but I hope that you find the time to write that. It does launch into another thing I wanted to chat with you about, which is Titania as a kid. Yeah. So, first question I have is, um, did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Did you have like an aspiration to be something specific? Um, I'm so glad you asked that. Nobody has really asked me that before ever. Well, I have another question that is what has no one ever asked you? So I guess I hit that one wow. <laughs> early. That's so great. I love it. Um, so 
I actually wanted to be a famous fashion designer uh, for a long time when I was a kid, but it was less about that and more about what I wanted to be was successful. Uh, I wanted to be financially independent uh, and so much so that I could not only take care of myself without worry, but my family without worry, because I grew up with some some financial insecurities and I didn't like that stress. So I wanted to really have that box checked. Um, so successful uh, and creative. I love the arts. I love to create. Uh, I, so whether it was fashion design or graphic design or app development um, or, or whatever, I, I love to create. Um, I also knew that I loved to perform. I didn't know exactly in what, what way that would take place. As a child, I was a dancer and I was really good on stage. Um, but I didn't, you know, what am I going to do with that? You know, the chance of becoming a movie star, you know, very slim to none. Um, so I guess that meant I was good on TV. I just didn't, didn't know it back then. So yeah, I knew I wanted to be, be big and do big. I was unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, very keenly aware that, uh, you know, our time here on this planet is fleeting. I, I wasn't one of those happy-go-lucky kids that was just like, oh, life is fine and safe and nothing's bad's going to happen. I was always worried just about like dying or something bad happening. And I, that really jarred me for a variety of obvious reasons, but mostly because there's so much I want to do with my life. There's so much I want to do. Even now, I'm, I just turned 40 and I'm really kind of freaking out because I'm like, well, I still want to learn, you know, neurosurgery and pantomiming. I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not, you know, like I just want to do all the things. And, you know, the older you get, you realize you might not be able to do all the things. You've got to really, really be intentional with your time. Um, and now I don't even know why, we're, what we're talking about because I've gone off the path again. Uh, oh yeah. What I want to do with my kid, so a kid. Funny yeah. is that, but, but my, my follow-up was going to be, what do you want to be when you grow up now? <laughs> <laughs> so as you look at the, I mean, obviously you got another book coming. Um, are there other things you say, I, you know, I definitely want to do before I'm, you know, 50 or before I'm done? Like what, what, what are some of those things? Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I love art and creating so much when we get on the other side of this pandemic. Um, I really want to have a place, uh, maybe some sort of studio where anyone of any age can come and, and learn art as a craft or as a hobby. Art to me is, is therapy. Um, there's so many, so many things that I just know how to make. And when you show people how they can make things, it really opens up a part of their heart, potentially uh, creating revenue and economic opportunities for them or just, you know, peace of mind. So I'd love to open uh, an art therapy studio for people of all ages. Um, obviously continue to scale Bark. It, it, Bark is incredible and is doing incredible things. And um, the, the storytelling aspect alone uh, I'd love to continue to grow that. Um, you know, I love, I love animals. Um, I love kids. I thought I would have five of them one day. I just have one, but maybe that's because, you know, God wanted me to help scale a tech company that would protect millions of kids. And I couldn't do that if I was, um, taking care of, of a lot at home. So really the sky's the limit. Um, I want to always be helping people, making the world a better place, um, giving people hope, because I know 
acutely uh, how hard it is to to struggle with the the feelings of there is no hope and, and what is the point. And I I just always want to be a um, a very candid uh, but light in the world uh, for as long as I can be. Yeah, and and I, it's interesting all the different ways you now have to reach people. You know, I've, I've seen you on stage. You're excellent. I've obviously seen you on camera um, and, and you're great at that. You've now you're an author. Um, there's so many different facets. So what I, what I think is really interesting is whatever you decide to do, you'll know how to bring it to life in ways that I think a lot of people probably don't have that ability or that experience. So I bet all these things are leading toward all these next things that you're trying to do. It's so exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to hit the fast forward button. You know, I'm just trying to. Yeah. Well, I do. I would like to fast forward to like the spring when there's a vaccine. Sure. <laughs> but like other than that, sure. I'm just trying to cherish every day, every moment, make the most of it while I still have mm-hmm. um, my health and opportunity and a paycheck. <laughs> you know, yeah. all those things are really <laughs> great. Very thankful. Right. So I I turned 40 four years ago and it was like the day I turned 40, I needed reading glasses. Has this happened to you yet? No, if you have any... Not, not really. Um, not really. I mean, when I'm working with really, really tiny beads, I notice it's not as sharp as when I was doing it in my twenties, but yeah. I don't know. Right, you got some time. My, my wife also 44 and she's just now starting to have what you're talking about. So I, you got some time, but you know, it, that's one of the first things I noticed. I'm like, I can't see anything anymore. So, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, talk to me for a moment, if you, if you wouldn't mind, um, about the waking up at night, because I have that now yeah. and I never had that before. Um, and I don't know what it is. I, I, I think it's a function of our, our, uh, collective stress. Um, you know, I think you and I are, I know you and I are extremely fortunate. We, uh, we have family, we have income, uh, we have a lot of peace of mind that others in this uh, state don't. That said, the responsibilities that we have are great. The things we want to accomplish are great. Uh, our hearts are big and, and empathetic and feeling just the the discord that, that abounds. And I think as much as we try to put it aside and focus on the positive, it manifests somehow. And in me, I think it manifests in I cannot sleep deeply um, in, the, in the current state of the world. Um, and that's okay. Um, you know, I mean, there are things you can do to mitigate that. I do not feel like giving up my two cups of coffee a day. <laughs> um, if I didn't have those, I could probably sleep a, a lot, uh, which I, I don't need to be doing that. Um, yeah. One, I could, yeah. One thing on the coffee, I didn't do it for this reason, but, but and clearly it hasn't been helping for this, but I, uh, I started mixing in, uh, decaf beans along with the regular beans and so because i actually what i wanted to do is go from two to three cups but i didn't want the extra caffeine right so i just started uh-huh. mixing and trying ratios and it tastes relatively the same um but what happened is by the time i was done with my second cup i kind of never went to the third cup so now several weeks in i'm probably having 60 percent of the coffee i used to have in, in terms of caffeine but didn't help me sleep better so that that may not be advice but if you wanted to go to a you know a decaf bit you might you might enjoy that just slowly yeah no that's good advice the caffeine is is a double whammy for me though too because it's also 
a stimulate a stimulant in terms of helping me to be laser focused. And mm-hmm. um, while I don't believe I struggled with any sort of ADD or ADHD as a child or, or in high school, or maybe in college, um, I think as a function of just having so many distractions, um, I need something to help, especially in an environment where I've got a, a student virtually learning literally six feet away from me, a husband working from home, a dog barking, a just ping dings, pings, dings, slacks, all the things. So yeah. coffee's helpful there. <laughs> I, mean, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, okay. So I really literally did have a question. Is there anything, because you, you do so, you're mostly interviewing people. You're, you're great at that. But when, when you're interviewed, is there something that nobody's asked or that you, you sort of want to be asked. I, I know I hit one early, but is there something? Um, there's probably a couple. Um, you know, nobody's ever asked me what breaks your heart um, or what, um, if you had all the money in the world, if money was no option, what would you be doing? Yeah, um, I, want, I want to know the answer to that one. Okay. Um, that yeah, if 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 I was independently, you know, wealthy forever, like Bill Gates level, um, I would I would be traveling. I wouldn't want to be just in one place, um, but I would really be going to all the places that were safe enough for me to be and helping the communities pouring into just what they needed. Do they need clean water? Let's build some wells. Uh, do the, the kids need vaccines? Like let's, you know, let's ship them in. Uh, do the women need education on how to, you know, protect their rights and themselves and learn how to like I, I just want to always be helping people and, and sticking up for the people who are um, abused or neglected or yeah just like a traveling force like you know that would be yeah. that would be amazing not everybody would answer it that way um, and and I, and when you talked about the younger you you know um, you certainly talked about um, some passions you had fashion what have you where, but yet today, again, everything I see you doing and talking about, um, is around having a positive impact. Yeah. Uh, where did that come from? Where, where did you finally get to the point where you're like, okay, from now on, pretty much everything I do has to be in this direction. Um, it's a great question. You know, I think, you know, when I first left college, I started as an intern at a radio station, Star 94 in Atlanta. It's like one of the top stations in the country and, you know, Usher and J-Lo would be walking by my desk, like no big deal. Like it was to me, but like, you know, everybody else was like, yeah, Usher, whatever. Um, And that was really cool. But in terms of making the world a better place by like selling somebody airtime, I wasn't really doing that. Um, It was just, uh, you know, a, a place to learn, a place to, you know, gather a paycheck and have health insurance and meet people and, it wasn't really a mission. Um, then, uh, when I was uh, 28 years old, um, I was blessed uh, with uh, a pregnancy of my son Jackson, and um, had a very healthy pregnancy. But then, postpartum, uh, right, right, the second I gave birth, I started to feel shortness of breath, and um, later found out that's why I don't have more kids biologically, at least right now, uh, that I had um, 
postpartum cardiomyopathy, which affects about 10% of, of childbearing women. Uh, you can't predict it. There's nothing you could, could have done to prevent it. It happens in perfectly healthy people. Um, but my heart function decreased so much so that um, I could have had to go on uh, like the heart transplant list if I didn't get better. Thank God I did. Um, I could have had to go on heart medicine. Thank God I did not have to do that either. My heart is totally fine, strong, and I'm good to go. But if I got pregnant again, the risk of me either dying or needing to be on a heart transplant list was so great that I was advised to not have uh, any more biological children. And in that moment, you know, being 28 years old, being faced with the fact that I now had a, a life that was solely dedicated, that I was solely dedicated to keeping alive, you know, with my husband, um, it just really made life much more precious, much more real, much more fleeting. And I realized that no matter if I had one day, one month, one year, or 70 years ahead of me, I wanted to do everything I possibly could to, to, to do something meaningful. You know, it really, really became acutely, uh, I don't know what the word is <laughs> at a loss for words, but it was, it, it got real. Things got real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. Well, it's so interesting because pretty much everybody that I talk to that, that, um, operates the way that you do. And again, in the sense that, you know, they try to make sure that they're doing things that are, that are, um, helping others. There, there oftentimes was a, a central moment that that happened. So I'm, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, for a couple more questions, um, sure. for your son, mm -hmm. what, what do you hope he becomes? And you can answer that however you want as a, as an adult, what, what do you hope he becomes? Well, first of all, just, uh, um, mentally healthy. Um, you know, I want, I want him to be not artificially happy, but I want him to have peace um, through the high highs and the low lows. Um, I also want him to, to pursue where he's gifted. He doesn't have to be a top lawyer, a top doctor. Uh, he's a very talented artist. So if he wants to work at Cartoon Network and graphic design and concepting, great. I just want his heart to be happy. Um, I want him to be fulfilled and what he's called to do with his gifts and, um, you know, help people. He's, he has such a big heart. He's so empathetic. Uh, he really, really cares. And I hope he never loses that because it's really, really special. I love that. That's <laughs> a great answer. Okay. I just have one bonus question. Um, favorite book or books of all time Ooh. outside of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you, you nailed that right there. I was, I was tracking you. Southern Baptist <laughs> guilt right there. I was like, do I say it? Do I not? Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Okay. So besides the Bible, um, I love the book Radical Candor by Kim Scott. It really changed my life. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a nice person. Sometimes I'm too nice. And when you're too nice in business, uh, you think you're avoiding hurting people's feelings by not being super candid with them, but you're actually not being nice because you're doing them a disservice by not giving feedback that can help them and the company as a whole. Um, so if you suffer from the too nice or avoiding conflict type of personality, which 
I do. Uh, you should read Radical Candor. Um, also, uh, there's a book about gratitude, and I'm totally blanking on it right now. Uh, it's written by Michael Youssef. Um, but I read that in my early 20s, and it is it is faith-based, but any it can apply to anyone in terms of, you know, there's two ways to look at things. It's the glass half full or glass half empty. If you're looking at everything glass half empty, you're going to be miserable. If you're looking at things glass half, glass half full, can't talk, glass half full, uh, you'll be happier and everyone around you will be happier because you're just casting a positive aura. So, yeah. yeah. Can people change with that? Can people who see the glass half empty switch to seeing it half full? I hope so. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to be Pollyanna about that because I, there's definitely people that I know, uh, that I've been, I've been working on for a while that haven't, haven't flipped yet, <laughs> but I remain hopeful. Yeah, me, me too. I, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, listen, I so appreciate catching up with you, you sharing your stories. I love the work that you're doing. I hope everybody buys the book. If you've um, got kids in the range, what is the range for Bark typically, kids? So for Bark, uh, for Bark Jr., which manages screen time and filters the bad stuff from entering their your house, their eyeballs, their devices, I'd say like six to 10 years old is a great place to start. Um, but when your kids uh, have gaming consoles and have their own smartphones and they can use the family iPad, that sort of thing, it's really in the the eight to fifteen year old age range where it becomes um, really necessary and even more acutely, I'd say eleven to fourteen. Eleven to mm -hmm. fourteen is where most of our user lie. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully people sign up, and um, I can't wait to read your next book. Let me know if I can help, and just thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, everybody. Hope to see you soon. Same. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. 